Now, we're in a series. It's called The Battlefield of the Mind. Basically, we're three weeks into it. The first week, we talked about the very concept of a war that is raging in your mind, and it is a, it's, it's spiritual warfare. Our society, in large, doesn't like to deal with that concept that there are spiritual forces that are intentional, that are aggressive, that are, that are messing up your life. And what we've learned in church life and what we've learned in just regular life, if your everyday life is a mess, if it's disorganized, if it's chaotic, if it's out of line, if you're wonky, if it feels like you're lopsided, it's like, you know, you're driving down the, the, the road of life and you got a flat tire. If everything seems to be going wrong in your life, uh, chances are the problem is in your mind. If your life is a mess, pretty, you know, the chances are your mind is a mess. Meaning that what you're thinking on is tainted. What you're focusing on is toxic. Uh, your very worldview, your very perception of God might not be right. There, there is maybe too much animosity towards God that happens. Everybody does it. Everybody deals with it. Even pastors deal with disappointments with God. That's okay. We're human. It's even okay to be disappointed with Jesus. He said it himself. He says, you're not going to like me at times. I know. Isn't that funny? Like Jesus is not like, he's just not into popularity. He's just, he's about doing the right thing. And he says, there's going to be times when you're not going to like me. And actually Jesus says, the world will hate me. He says, okay, we'll get over it. And the strategy of the enemy, and this is one of this is this was week one. So if you need a review, grab a, go online and get it on YouTube and I don't know number of different things. But week one was the whole idea that the enemy of God has strategically set up what we call strongholds, castles, fortresses of pain in our lives, and usually it's around trauma. It's around a dysfunction, possibly, family dysfunction. It's around an improper mindset. And these things have, have taken root on the, on the battlefield, on the chessboard of our minds, and they're very difficult. So that was week one. And this, the, the verse that goes along with that was 2 Corinthians 10.4. For the weapons of our warfare are not the weapons of this world. They have divine power to what? To what? To demolish strongholds. And this is what we need to get into. We are going to demolish strongholds. So our weapons have power to demolish trauma. Our weapons have power to destroy family dysfunctions. Our weapons have power to literally rewire our mindsets and make us new creations. Here's the unfortunate truth about Christianity. Most of us are, we're, we're born again. You're born again, right? Your spirit has been born again. 
But just because your spirit has been born again doesn't mean that your mind has been born again. Minds don't get born again. Minds get developed. Minds go into a state of discipline, spiritual discipline. So this is what we're talking about. We're talking about spiritual growth and discipline. It's separate from your salvation. You got your salvation, you're going. But that doesn't mean that you're victorious. We want to, I want to be a victorious Christian. And it takes place in the mind. So, the weapons of our warfare are not the weapons of this world. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. And this is what the exciting part is. It says, we, we, we demolish arguments. Tensions. Every pretension. Every little lofty thing that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we see this all the time in our everyday life, in the news, in the media, in the static. There's all these little things that, that bubble up that come against the knowledge of God and the goodness of God and the, 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 the sovereignty of God. And then it says, we take captive every thought. We make them all obedient to Christ. Every little thing that pops into our heads. So that was week one. Week two was, week two went something like this. Inside of the enemy's fortresses, he's got weapons. He's got a full-blown arsenal of evil spiritual weapons that he unleashes against us. There's the usual suspects like temptation and sin and negativity and you know lust and all those things that preachers love to preach about to make you feel guilty. But it's a little more complicated than that, too. Because inside of that arsenal, there's other things that will derail us. Like... Being distracted, having a double mind, not staying focused. It's difficult. Like, I, I'm a guy, I'm a boy. Like, I'm a boy with an active imagination. That's how God made me. I'm like, like, I'm, like I said a few weeks ago, I was always the kid that was spacing out in class. I just like to imagine things, which is great. But if I am not aware, if I'm not self-aware, the enemy of God, the devil, I know I don't like to say devil a whole lot, but we really need to go after this thing. The devil can use my strength as a weakness. And when I should be focusing on the goodness of God, I don't know, I could be focusing on Star Wars instead. It's that, it's that easy. So, like again, we usually go after the big bad boys of the enemy's weapons, but distraction can be a weapon. And this one was really interesting to me. Reason, the enemy of God can actually use reason to keep you from faith. You can reason your way out of God. It's very actually easy to do. And so we learned that there are counters to each and every weapon that the enemy of God pours out on us. And they, you know, they look like the lovely things of the mountain. And they look like things that are pure, things that are noble. Uh, you could even attach the fruits of the Spirit on, on our weapons that we use to fight the enemy of God's weapons. But our weapons actually destroy the castles. Now, today, number three, the third part of this. This is vitally important. Like, write, the, yeah, write this one down. We are going to learn how to develop a defensive strategy towards the enemy's schemes. My natural inclination is that a good offense is the, is the best defense. 
Yet maybe so. And maybe you can even see it in this way. But we need to, we know, okay, we all know that we're under spiritual warfare, right? Do you guys agree? It's on. Like, it is on. Don't stick your head in the sand and don't believe that that the enemy of God has not, oh, oh, if you're new, I'm sorry. Um, Don't stick your head in the sand and believe that the enemy of God has not assigned demonic forces against you personally. Because he has. They have a name, they have a number, they have a rank. And the furthermore, the, the, the further you move into God's goodness, he might assign some more to you because he, he hates you that much. We need to begin to build a very strong defense towards that. All right, this is what it looks like. Uh, Get your Bibles. Let's look, let's look at Mark chapter 4, verse 24. And this is Jesus speaking. And he said to them, Mark chapter 4, verse 24. Uh, this is... NASV version. This is the amplified version. And he said to them, be careful what you are hearing. Are you ready for this? The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear. It will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you to hear. All right. A little complicated, a little little choppy. Let me explain it to you. He says, "Be be careful what you're hearing. Be careful what you're letting in. Be careful what gets dumped on your mind. A lot of us have been living our lives as a dump for the enemy's junk. And we just, we just like opened up the top of our head and we let the enemy of God dump all this negative stuff in there. And I don't know, we like the smell of it or something. It's... It's just interesting how we can foster all this garbage. And so what Jesus is saying is you need to be careful what you allow into your head, the measure of it, what you allow in. And he says, okay, to give you the truth that you hear will be measure. Okay, and it says out of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more because um, besides will be given to you. To, to those that hear. Okay, I know it's complicated. Let me, okay, so if you choose to say, all right, I'm not going to allow all the, the, the junk to be dumped in. I'm going to choose to say, all right, the enemy is not going to use my, my brain as his dumping ground. I, I am not going to allow him to inject all these negative things, but in turn, I choose to allow God's goodness and God's truth to be injected and planted, put in onto my mind. And he says, and the measure that we allow God's goodness to come into our mind, it will come out of our lives. And what it is even says exponentially. And it says by virtue and by knowledge. And, you know, if you really want to get into the scripture and splice that out, it's dunamis. It's the, it's, Virtue here comes across as dunamis in the Greek. Dunamis means it's like dynamite, power. So the more that we focus on goods, 
God's goodness. It's not just like it's a one for one. It's exponential power. The more we focus on his goodness, we get like, I don't know, hundredfold back if we, if we really do it right. And so this is, this is the strength that we can have when we begin to study God's word. Now, here's the difficult. Okay. When we go into the area of building a good defense for our mind, for keeping all the, the garbage pouring in, to keeping all the negativity coming in, the, 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 self, you know, the negative self-talk. All right, you ready for this? This is going to be difficult. How do you know what, what's getting in there? How do you know where those thoughts actually come from? You think about things all day long. How do you know if they're your thoughts or God's thoughts or the devil's thoughts? How do you know? Okay, this is going to be difficult, everybody. Ready? You actually have to think about what you're thinking about. I know. You just like, you need some more coffee? You have to, we need to, we need to think about what we're thinking about in order for us to build this really strong defense. We need to be aware of what the enemy is doing. We have to think about what we're thinking about. Every thought that pops into your head is not necessarily a thought from the Lord. Like us charismatics, we just think that everything that pops into our head is from God, right? It ain't. I know from personal experience. It's because I have a little animosity towards somebody. Like, I don't like their personality. It rubs me the wrong way. And I begin to think this thought about them. Like, oh, man, God really must not like them. Thus saith the Lord. Right? It's so easy to do. But you see, we have to capture those thoughts, and we need to make them obedient to Christ, whether our feelings or our emotions or our personal bias and preferences make sense or not. It doesn't really matter. What matters what is true. What matters what God is doing with the individual. And what matters what God is doing inside of you. So we have to think about what we're thinking about. This is going to be like some of you that have a psychology background. This might rub you the wrong way. We need to go home. Maybe we need to do it right now. Have a conversation with yourself. It's okay. David did it all the time. He says, says, soul, what what is wrong with you? Why are you disquieted? Oh, my soul. We need to do this, folks. We really do. We need to say, man, Josh, what's the matter with you? Let's, Let's have a conversation with ourselves. It's really not that out of the... I mean... The more that we progress in our society, it could actually be a reality. I'm sure there's some mad scientist in Siberia somewhere that has cloned himself and is having a conversation with himself right now. So it is a complete, it is a possibility that that could actually literally happen. So let's just go ahead and start now. Or you know that somebody's developing AI in their own image, artificial intelligence in their own image, and they're, they're having a computer conversation with themselves. You know it's happening somewhere. Right? Some Chinese you know, genius has already figured it out. But spiritually, we can do this. I know it sounds kind of weird. But you, it, again, the Bible's full of it. It's, it's full of men, men and women of God actually taking an inventory of their heart, an inventory of their emotions, an inventory of their mind, and they're having a conversation like, is this thought from you? Is this thought not from you? Where is it coming from, Lord? This... Impulse, is that from you or is that not from you? Like even in the gray areas, you know, I hopefully by now you know what's right and what's wrong. You should know that by now. 
But then there's all the gray areas where we have some very difficult decisions to make, and there is no right answer, and then there is no wrong answer. But if we really lean into the presence of the Holy Spirit, and if we're honest with ourselves, we will know what is right and what is wrong, or specifically, what is the direction of the Lord, what is um, discernment. What is discernment? Don't make the profitable decision. Make the discerning decision. Don't make the reasonable decision. Make the discerning decision. Spiritual discernment trumps really good decisions every time. So let's make discerning decisions. Now, you guys okay with talking to yourself? You know what? If you don't feel comfortable getting on board with my encouragement of schizophrenia... There's other things that you can do. I know, Pastor Josh, that's just too weird. I can't talk to myself. I don't like everybody's going to think I'm crazy. Maybe if you do start talking to yourself, just do it like in your head or something. Or do it in your car. Don't do it at work or school. Like these days, you just might get reported or something. Somebody might turn you in. Um, but you do need to begin to have internal conversations. And if, you, if it's too awkward to have a conversation with yourself, there's other options. There's three, actually. You can have a conversation with God, your Father. That one's always good, too. And I know that, you know, there's, there's so much pain right now, like being fleshed out in, in this world. Turn on the news, and there's so much pain. This is not a political statement, but some of us have major issues with male figures. Remember what I said earlier? Some of us have issues with God, and it's actually permittable. Like, you can actually, like, you know, God, I have issues with you. Just be careful with what you say and how you say it. You can be honest with the Lord, and he'll receive it. And so if, you know, I'm telling you, like, if you want to build a strong defense... You need to begin to have a conversation in your mind, in, the, in your spirit, in your soul, and with the Heavenly Father. And he's like, you know what, Pastor Josh, I just can't. I don't like men right now. I get it. I don't like men right now. I'm like, okay. you got two other options. Let's, let's do Jesus. If, if it's too hard for you, eventually you will have, I'm telling you the truth, Eventually, you're going to have a great conversation with a good and loving Heavenly Father. Completely change your life once you get to meet that guy. He's everything that your earthly father wasn't. It's amazing. But again, if it's too hard, if it's too painful, if there is a, ready? If there is a stronghold, if there is that that trauma that is rooted onto your chessboard, let's start talking to Jesus. Start talking to Jesus. He is the mediator between us and God. He is the one that communicates to the Heavenly Father on our behalf. Uh, He's actually felt our pain and our turmoil and our suffering. He knows exactly what you're going through. He's faced every emotion that you've ever faced, but it's been magnified, I don't know, by a couple billion people. Did you know that? Every negative 
pain and hurt that you've ever experienced. Jesus has experienced it. But he's also experienced all of humanity's pain and suffering. So you thought you had it bad. Just think what Jesus went through, bearing all of our pain. Wow, he did it all. And even at that, sometimes it's hard to have a conversation with Jesus. It kind of gets into your stuff. It kind of gets into your space. If you are a control freak, do we have any control freaks in the house? Anybody a control freak? If you are a control freak, it is, sometimes it is hard to have a conversation with Jesus because, like, he doesn't want to be in the passenger seat. He wants the wheel. He wants to be in control. Some of us, we still got Jesus in the trunk. And he wants to be in control. And so if we're here to build a defense and we're not ready to relinquish control, because once again, we have a stronghold in our mind that like, you know what, if I don't do it, it doesn't get done. And, you know, all your control freak issues, whatever. There's a third option, and that's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is counselor. Holy Spirit probably should, I don't know, maybe be the default because Jesus left us here with the Holy Spirit. Here's the good thing, like, uh, uh, ladies, if you guys and guys too, I, I just I'm learning. Guys have guy issues and father issues and male identity issues too. Guys, if, uh, guy, whoever, whole room. Like if the whole gender thing is an issue, Holy Spirit is another great option. Did you know that in the Old Testament that the Holy Spirit is referred to in the feminine uh, gender pronoun? New Testament it trans it goes into the male gender. And well, here's the thing: it doesn't. He, the Holy Spirit is not a it's not a boy or a girl. I'm just saying that we can, if it's easier, you can refer to the Holy Spirit in a, in, biblically. Like, biblically. Just get your Bibles out and do it. Like, if this is too much, if this is rubbing people the wrong way, we'll go into in-depth Bible study. Let me know, and uh, we'll set something up. But, yeah, she, at the Holy Spirit, wisdom, she calls out into the streets, and she's declaring wisdom for over your lives each and every day. And so if, that is the, if that's the path that we need to get you to the loving Heavenly Father, go into a conversation with the Holy Spirit. And she, that sounds really weird, doesn't it? That sounds really weird. I, look, look, okay, watch the words coming out of my mouth. God is not a woman. God is not a man. You guys okay? <laughs> Sorry. You guys okay? Yeah. You're using your brains this morning, huh? You okay? All right. So let's think about what we're thinking about. Let's go into conversations with ourselves. Let's go into conversation with our Heavenly Father. Let's go in, in the conversation. Probably the easiest one is to go into conversation with Jesus because he knows exactly what we're going through. And then we've got the best counselor in the world, Holy Spirit, inside of us, in us, like, like right there. Like, the Holy Spirit is, he is, <laughs> he, she, I don't know. <laughs> the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is mingling with our spirits. And it actually wants to direct and guide and instruct our minds. Yes, yes, yes. Let's let it do it. 
It's so cool when the Holy Spirit instructs our minds. And then we begin to develop the mind of Christ, completely transformative. It is okay? Now, how, point two, that's point one. Point one on building, I mean, there's only two points, you're okay, we're going to get there. Only two, two point sermon today. Point one, and you know, building that defense, having that conversation with yourself, thinking about what you're thinking about. Like, where did that thought come from? Is it an external thought? Is it an internal thought? Is it a divine thought? Is it a thought from the pit of hell? Where did it come from? And the best defense to the enemy's schemes and to his fiery darts, the pit of hell, all the demonic forces that are assigned to your life, The best defense is the Word of God and getting it inside of you. And here it is. We have to memorize this stuff. Transformation of the mind begins to take place when we get the Word of God inside of us. This is why I'm having you memorize Scripture right now. We memorize the Scripture. We memorize the Word of God. It begins to implant, imprint on us, right? We got this... Weird little bird in our... We've got way too many animals in our house. We've got two dogs, three cats, a guinea pig, and now we have a bird. And all of these things have imprinted on us. I couldn't get rid of them if I wanted to. The latest is this dumb little parallel parakeet thing. Like, it's such a cool story. Mako's like, my wife Mako, she's out here doing stuff for an event and getting ready and painting things. And then all of a sudden, this little blue parallel lands on her shoulder and, and Mandy. And it just like, like, wow, this bird just came out of nowhere. And then it was like walking on it, like on her foot. And she just like couldn't chew it away. And it's like, so eventually, the, guess what, daddy? We have a bird. I'm like, I'm still trying to get rid of the cats, you know? No, I, I, I do love the cats. Like, you know who takes the cats to the vet? I do. Right? And, and it's not because I am forced to. It's because it's my spiritual responsibility to take care of our animals that God's given us. Read Proverbs. Yeah. All right. So um, we need to have the word of God imprinted on us. And when we begin to memorize Scripture, dwell on it, focus on it, like if this, the, if the if the the, tr- the movie track that's playing on your mind, if it if it gets reprogrammed towards Scripture, then wow! I mean, you just begin to de- to build these defensive walls that the enemy of God does he just literally can't come in because you're declaring truth over your life. You are declaring and proclaiming uh, wisdom over your life. Like, it is, it's, it's an amazing thing. Let me read you a couple of scriptures on this idea of memorizing scripture and getting it inside of us. The biblical word is meditate. You don't like to say that one because New Age people use that word. Right? You know, you're going to like go do yoga and you have to meditate and it's all weird and stuff. 
It's biblical. Anything that um, anything that the enemy of God uses and distorts and manipulates, it usually came. It's something good from God, and meditation is one of them. Like if we begin to meditate on God's goodness, like not just read the word, but splice it and like try to find out its meaning. Like even get in it, like read, like open up a dictionary. What's that? I don't even know what a dictionary is these days. Finding out what the meanings of the words are. I mean, it, it, that is that's the, the discipline of meditation. Psalms uh, one verses one through three. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit and eat in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his Law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, streams of living water, which yields its fruit in season and its leaves do not wither. And, and whether it does and whatever he does, he prospers. What an amazing promise of God this is. If we are meditating, okay, so the first part is, okay, if we don't allow all the junk of the world to seep into us, and if we meditate on God's word, what does it say? We will prosper. I love Psalm 63, 6, too. It says, when I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. This is very important. When you go down, when you lay your head down at, at, at sleep, you know. Think. Meditate. Remember what God has done in your life. Does anybody have a miracle? Raise your hand if God has ever performed a miracle in your life. Physical healing. Yeah, see? And it, okay, now, for, for those of you that don't have a miracle, we'll work on you later. But you need one. Like, you really need to review your history with God. If you're sick, if you're miserable, if your mind is in a cloudy, hazy place, and you feel like giving up, and you need a little bit of hope... You need some hope. All you got to do is review your history with God. It's like, wait a minute. No, I'm going to hold this thought captive. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to continue to get sick. God healed me five years ago, and he can do it again. And that needs to be the the thought process. The interesting thing is in the night seasons. There's a lot of night season stuff that goes on in Psalms. I'll skip that one. When we go into a REM state of sleep, you're still vulnerable to the enemy's attacks. It's just not in the everyday life. It's just not an attack that comes on your phone. It's just not an attack that comes in a personal conflict. It's just not... Like, no, he can, I say this every season, don't let your kids watch horror movies and then send them to bed. If they're up all night with, with, with nightmares, that's your fault. That, that is the price you pay for letting your kids watch garbage. Don't let them do it. If they're scared and freaking out and you allowed that garbage into your home, that's your fault. Oh, it's just good fun. I'm like, no, it's not good fun. All those horror slasher movies, they come from the pit of hell. Don't let your kids watch it. 
Grow up. Don't send your kids to not scary farm and let ghouls and goblins grope your kids because they will do it. Stop. Don't allow any evil thing into your house. You got some weird stuff in your house? Sell it. I'm actually okay with selling it. Get some money, get, get some money from the enemy of God. That's okay. When I was an antique dealer, I, I, I um, would buy just, you know, crates and unseen stuff, big lots of stuff, and then rifle through it. Hopefully there'd be something good in it. I got a big old cache of Nazi stuff one time. I didn't sell that stuff. I, I, I destroyed it. I, I don't know why. Just Anyway. Actually could have made a lot of money selling that crap. So anyway, I don't know. You, it's, it's, again, that's a discernment call. You have to decide. But uh, get rid of all that garbage out of your house. Like there's, there, like spiritually, there's things attached to it. You guys okay? All right. Uh, Joshua one eight is great scripture. Uh, Do not let this word of the law pass from your mouth. He meditated on it on it day and night. Day and night. Don't let the word of God pass from your lips. Meditate day and night. Be, and it says, be careful to do everything that's inside of it. Obey it. And then you will be prosperous in all of your ways. What an incredible promise. What an incredible lesson to teach your kids. Last week's memory verse. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, like those mountains, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about, meditate, ruminate over and over and over again on such things. Memorize the word of God. Hey, can you guys do that one, by the way? That was your scripture verse for last week. You guys can do it? Okay, don't put it up there, Chris. Let's see how well you guys do. You guys ready? There you go. do it. On three. Count of three. Ready? One, two, three. All right, come on. All right, we'll get there. All right, next week. All right, so this is what we're going to do right now. Is that um, I'm gonna we're gonna go to instructional mode. We're gonna work on the scripture verse for today. We're gonna we're gonna take it. We're gonna blow it apart. We're gonna put it back together. We're gonna ruminate on it, and we're gonna see what it does to our souls. This one is the first part of Philippians four eight. This is gonna be Philippians four seven uh, four four through seven. It says rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. That's where we read it. Actually, maybe it sounds something like this. Rejoice in the Lord on Sundays. I'll say it again, just on Sundays. For the Lord is... He might be paying attention to you. I don't know. 
He might be around. God might be, you know, and I don't know. Actually, I think, the, I think the Lord likes Pastor Josh better than he likes you. So maybe he's not paying attention to you, so you can just do whatever you want to do. Let your gentleness be evident to only the people that you like. Only be nice to those that like you. Be anxious only about the big things. Don't sweat the small stuff. Just, just freak out about the big things, right? Maybe you'll get through every situation, uh, but maybe not. And, and if you don't get to that situation, whatever. Uh, and if God comes through, just like, whoo, man, don't, don't bother thanking him. And sometimes you'll feel at ease, depending on your circumstances. Sometimes you'll, you'll be at rest, you'll, you'll be at peace when everything lines up, when all your ducks get in a row, then you will finally be at peace. Whenever your spouse straightens up, then you'll be at peace. Whenever your finances come into alignment, then you're going to be at peace. Mm. This is how we actually live our lives. So let's look at it again. Rejoice in the Lord always. And he has to say, I will say it again. Rejoice. So he's got to do it twice. And he's talking to the Philippians because they're distracted. He's like, Pay attention. You rejoice. And I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. Now let your gentleness be evident to all. Gentleness is the fruit of the Spirit. It's one of these weapons that we use to fight our battles. Like we need to be gentle towards one another and to everybody. Even the ones that are rubbing us the wrong way. It's, a very, it's very difficult, but it can be done. You can, have a, you can have a gentle demeanor. You don't have to be rough around the edges all the time. Even at work, even if you are a GM, even if you have to fire somebody, you can fire them gently. I'm not quite sure how that works, but I'm just saying we we, we have to be gentle to everyone. Now, here's the interesting one. The Lord is near, right? Uh, In your Bibles, I want you to circle that one right there. The Lord is near. Like, this is going to be the center point. This is the linchpin of the the whole scripture. The Lord is near. Why should we be gentle? Why should we engage the fruit of the Spirit? Because God's near. Like, he's watching our behavior. He's watching your attitudes. And he's not, like, if we're really honest, he's not going to let you get away with a bad thought. And nor is he going to let you waste a pain. If we have a stinking attitude, the Lord's near, he's going to correct it. Dare I say, he's judging us. The Holy Spirit actually pays attention to what we're doing. He judges us. He's allowed to. Remember I said you could have issues with God. You could even have issues with Jesus. You know who you can't have an issue with? You can't have an issue with the Holy Spirit. Like, it's not permittable. 
It's very strong language. Like that's like the unforgivable sin is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. So we need to allow him to instruct us and guide us. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. My buddy, Pastor, uh, Pastor Charlie, we're back here. Looked it up in the Greek. He says, he looked at, uh, you know, don't be anxious about anything. And in the Greek, it, it means Nothing. <laughs> Like the big, giant, ugly, messy problem, we're not allowed to be anxious about it. We're not allowed to worry about it. This is so hard. I don't get it. I wish God would shine a light on this one. So the Bible says that worry is sin. Ooh. Don't be anxious. Don't freak out. I'm like, really, Lord? You know what I'm going through. Yeah, he does. Why? Because he's near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, every situation, each and every one from people dying to people getting sick to getting fired to losing your house, every situation with prayer, petition, and thanksgiving. We're getting into meditative behavior again, repetitive behavior, prayer, petition, thanksgiving. Like if we do not, if we do not have this mindset when we're dealing with our issues, when they're dealing with our problems, when we go into our prayer life, it is, it's, it's prayer getting into deep. It is petition. God, this is my, these are my needs. These are the issues. This is what I'm going on. You, you actually have, you need to give God your petitions and with thanksgiving. And this is the most empowering thing of the whole the whole verse. Like if you've come up, if I've ever prayed for you, if I've ever laid hands on you, I prayed this one over you. The peace of God, that peace of God, it transcends all situations and it guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God is not conditional. It's a constant. The peace of God does not depend on whether we got our, th- our act together. The peace of God is there and it is there for the taking You could be going through the most horrific experience in your entire life, and you can be inside the peace of God. And it transcends reason. It transcends logic. It transcends everything. Why? It's because it's coming from heaven to earth. That's why. They say, the Bible says, that the atmosphere of heaven is pure peace. Wow. And we get to invite that pure peace down here every once in a while. And this is what guards our hearts. This is the defensive posture of the gospel message. Guards our hearts and our minds. So, two ways that we're going to look at the scripture again. Rejoice always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Why? Because the Lord is near. Hmm? Did you guys catch that point? Did you guys get it? So let's flip it. Meditate on this scripture. Let's flip it. Ready? The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. You don't have to be anxious about your stuff. 
Why? It's because the Lord is near. He is with you, even though you don't feel God's presence because it's all tainted by pain. You need to at least in your mind know that he is with you. Pastor Josh, it feels like God is silent. I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe he is not talking to you. There's a myriad of reasons why we don't hear God. But it doesn't mean that he's not near. I haven't had a miracle in 20 years, Pastor Josh. I know. Okay, so what? He's still near. He's still there in your presence. That's what's true. That's what's right. That's what the Word of God says. He is always near. So do not be anxious about anything. Does that give you hope? Does that give you comfort? So what do you think the take-home is today? What's your assignment? What's your job? What, what does God want you to do today? What's that? Memorize? Did I hear that? All right, that's all. I'll just tell you what it is. He wants you to have a conversation with yourself, an honest conversation with yourself about the state of your soul. And he wants you to memorize this word of God inside and out as best as your ability. It's kind of like working out. You just got to do it, whether you feel like it or not. Cool. All right, let me get the band to come up to the front as they're on their way up. I, let me just, I'm going to shift gears. And I really believe the Lord just wants me to minister to you right now. And you know, when we go into this stuff and we, we begin to focus on, I don't know, our garbage and our, you know, it's, it's really easy to, you know, to get stuck looking at, at issues. Let me get the ushers to come to the front, too. It's really easy to get stuck on our stuff. And I... To go ahead and just pass the baskets. Lord, thank you for the offering. Amen. Um, how many feel as if you're in... A dark place. You want to just, let's just be honest. You just feel like there's a darkness on you. Then there's just like a darkness in the world. And there's a darkness. It's like, a, like a, it's like cast over you. You're under a shadow and you can't get out. We're going to right now, we're just going to pray for the peace of God, which transcends all of our understanding. Let's going to let it light it up. The, the light of the Lord is, it's brilliant, it's gorgeous, it's lovely, it's admirable, it's excellent, it's praiseworthy, it shows everything, so it will show your junk, but it will also show all the good stuff. But the light of the Lord is purifying. And here's the amazing thing that God has called us into. We are, we are children of the light. Yoda says that luminous beings are we. And he got that from the Bible. Yoda's a Star Wars character, by the way. Um, luminous beings are we. We are. We emanate lights over and over. There's stories in the scriptures where, when people get filled with the Holy Spirit, it's as if the light shines within them and light comes out of their faces. 
and and they be, they be, they become a light on a hill. And this is what the Lord wants from us today. So today it's going to get a little bit lighter for you today. Despite all the heaviness and the darkness that we see in the world today, we are we are called to be walking into the light. And so let's just let it, the 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 Shekinah glory of God to shower us right now. He's going to illuminate. He's going to illuminate things into our lives. And don't be afraid of the light. Don't be afraid of the illumination. It is freeing and it is absolutely purifying and it's going to set us free. It is this external peace that is not based off of our circumstances. It comes and it, and it comes in waves and it comes in frequencies that just moves mightily in us. So let's just let the light of God shine on us today and blow away all of that darkness that's weighing you down. Enter into God's presence.